Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand a little more about how the other side thinks. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Skyway helps you know more, win more, and do more in the government market. Skyway members averaged a 247% revenue increase in FY 2016, the first full fiscal year. To see if you're a fit for Skyway, visit skywaymember.com. Today's topic is the honeymoon zone. This is the first of the execution zones that we introduced in episode 84. There are separate episodes that provide the details of each of the execution time zones, just like the acquisition time zones. Okay, let's get started with the honeymoon zone. Contract once where it was way up in the northern tier of the U.S. and flew everybody up there, and they flew everybody that possibly could touch the contract. And and most of the people that were there, I hadn't heard of them before. I mean, because I was you know through the source selection process, I didn't know all the people behind the scenes. And throughout the discussion, I discovered that they think that I'm the customer. Some of these people did, right? And it was <laughs> it was apparent. It's apparent, yeah, exactly. It was apparent to them that they didn't realize that the customer was the person who's actually going to use all the equipment. And while it was flattering that they were kind of you know, engaging with me, looking back, it, it was a really a good example of like the honeymoon's phase, the honeymoon zone. It, it's a honeymoon period. They're, hey, we're all buddies. We're all getting along. We're all great. And sometimes we're missing some of the really you know, key factors that should happen there. Yeah, and that's where and, you got to set it straight. Yeah. And so you know, the, the honeymoon zone can be you know, a, a fictional fairytale experience that <laughs> we're all just, hey, everything's great. Or it can be an effective, open, really great start to the relationship under the new contract. And, of course, you know, the goal is to make it the second one, <laughs> not the first one. <laughs> All right. So before we get in deep into the honeymoon zone, let's say thanks. So thank you to – and I, I might butcher your name here. I apologize. Adam Zuberink. And it was interesting. He posted on Twitter that he said, uh, what do you do when you're driving from Michigan to St. Louis for a conference? You listen to the podcast. And it was <laughs> listen as you drive. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it, I think it was probably 10% of our downloads for that day. He was listening <laughs> to it all day long. So thank you, Adam. All right, a quick recap. We're talking time zones here. And this is something that you and I, Kevin, use to help describe the different phases or zones of, of the acquisition and, and contract performance life cycle. So we start out with the acquisition time zones, the requirement zone, the market research zone, the RFP zone, and the source selection zone. And then contracts awarded, and then we move on to the execution zones. What we're going to talk about today is specific to the first of the execution zones, the honeymoon zone. There's separate episodes for the performance zone, the recompete zone, and the wrap-up zone. That's a lot. Of- <laughs> okay, so let's get into the honeymoon zone. When does a honeymoon zone occur? Right after contract award. It's a hard date. Uh, the contract award has happened. We've been through all the, the source selection process, and now we're awarding the contract. All right, we've so, signed the thing. And when does it end? And that's not a hard date. <laughs> it depends. It, it could be a hard date if there's a transition uh, plan like built into the contract, but that's not always the case. And even then, it, it, it's going to be fuzzy. It depends on how long it takes to get all of these things we talk about done. But really, it's, it's, it stops when we're kind of on plane as a, as a contract <laughs> when we're really performing right so this is yeah, a very yeah. very small part of the overall contract execution right it's the very beginning from the day you sign the contract as you're ramping up and getting to know each other and getting things in place and then you once you actually start performing 
that's when we say, well, that's the performance zone. You want this to be a sliver of the execution zone. What I mean by that, if you're still working out the basics of how everything's going to work like six months into a <laughs> contract, it's not good. So, yeah, you really want it to be a sliver of the overall um, execution time yeah. zone. Unless six months is a sliver. <laughs> Unless yeah, you have a 10-year ten, yeah. ten contract. I don't know. And the reason we chose to use honeymoon as the name for this zone is there's a lot of analogies to a marriage here. This is when both sides are most optimistic about this new relationship, marriage, contract. Unless, of course, one side has a little bit of remorse about this relationship. Now, I won't get into wedding remorse, but contract remorse. One time we did a source selection, and the company that won was not the company that the users expected to win. And it wasn't the product that they had their heart set on. And it created a very, very tense beginning of the relationship. And after delivery, not as much product acceptance as you would hope and not as much as the company hoped. And, and sometimes companies are surprised when they win because it happens, right? They, they take a flyer on something and, and they put out five proposals and then all of a sudden three of them win. They go, oh, crap, we won three of them. That's that's the other side of this is that you know it's, it's, it's an optimistic time. <laughs> But beware, that could be happening. And, and unless you're like, ah, we won, and, and now what the, do we do? Yeah, and by the way, that's not something that the contractor is going to tell the government. It's like, whoops, we didn't think we'd win this. You know, that's not something they're going to tell you. So that, that's something that could be going on, going on in the background. Yeah, so I'm going to get back into the marriage analogy here since we're talking honeymoon. But think about this, like living together before marriage versus moving in together for the first time. If you've lived together before you're married, if you've worked with this contractor before or if you've worked with this government program office before, you know a whole lot about each other. So maybe the honeymoon zone isn't that tricky because the expectations are already there. You know each other well. There's relationships. But if you're going old school and the first time that you've actually cohabitated is after the wedding, you move in together, there could be a few surprises. You know, It's like the, the first time you hear your spouse fart – yeah, <laughs> if you got that out of the way through the living together part, no, it's maybe that's I've, a great metric. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, maybe I've gone too far, but I think that story kind of fits because this is when you're getting to to really know the the true nature of the person or the company or the contract that that you've bonded yourself to. Both sides have to work together for success in marriage or in a contract. And this is where you're really finding out the things that you didn't know because prior to wedding, prior to contract, everything's happy and everybody's on their best behavior. But the the, the real stuff happens after the award. Yeah, and, and no matter how complex the source selection and how many variables we tried to cover, I mean, these are people, right? And and by the way, I mean, we make, we make it sound like there's all kinds of stuff that just shows up because the contractor didn't tell you. No, it could be that it was two years have passed and things have changed. And so like the tone for the relationship and, and performance for that matter of managing this this contract, it can be the same thing as a relationship with you know, you get engaged two years ago and you finally get married and, and you move in together and you find out just there there are things you just you couldn't know. Right. Right. That's that's important to appreciate during this zone. Yeah, and this this beginning part sets the tone for that whole relationship. If the honeymoon doesn't go well, I'm not thinking that the rest of the marriage is going to go well. If the honeymoon zone doesn't go well, you could be building in problems that exist for the whole life of the contract. Exactly. I'm, I'm sorry. There's literally a lizard on my desk. 
Dude, I'm, I, I kid you not. There's a lizard. I, this is really is Do you have some lizard spray or a lizard whacker or something uh, that you can? Lizard whacker. They, there he is. You got to right. be kidding. <laughs> They're invading. All right. I, whatever. He's literally <laughs> looking at me. So that's a first. Usually, we have lots of uh, issues recording <laughs> podcasts <laughs> long distance sometimes, but lizard invasions. That's this is a new one. There you go. Jump on the floor. Run around. Okay. There we go. At least I'm not. I just never. I've never had one like come on my desk while I'm here. That's new. Okay. And now that I've chased the lizard out of my office, <laughs> back to the honeymoon. So communication is still very important through here, and but now it's more free flow. I mean, it's communication's always been important. We, we talk about that all the time. Now we're trying to get the work done. Now the conversation can be much more free flow. It should be much more free flow. And when you set the tone for how communication is going to happen effectively during this honeymoon zone your contract performance is going to run more smoothly. Right. During the early acquisition time zones, there's a lot of communication, we hope. Then during the source selection zone, at it, you know, RFP zone and the source selection zone, there's a bottleneck on communication going through the contracting officer for good reasons that we've talked about in those episodes. And now it's opened up again. So communications are free, which creates its own problems again because then you have issues with where does direction come from? It still comes from the contracting officer, but everybody can talk to the contractor, and the contractor may be happy to take direction from anyone. They shouldn't, though. So it's very important to document any any communications that deviate from the contract as written. It's okay to make changes, but they have to flow through the right way. I just want to make sure that free-flow communications isn't taken as it's all wide open. And we have a podcast about the, the concept of how to deal with a contracting office representative and all those kind of rules. Yeah. So back and listen to that one. All right, so back to the honeymoon zone. What's in the honeymoon zone? Here's where I use more wedding analogies. Be ready for it. So the first thing that happens in the honeymoon zone is you sign the contract and you have a win party. Yay, and that that's like the wedding. That's the the fun part. Then the next day – you have the hangover from from the wedding party, win party. And this is, this is oh, all right, now we have to get to work, all right? That was fun. We signed and celebrated, but now we have to get to work. After that, is, there's a flurry of activity, and this is like, this is the actual fun vacation part that everybody thinks of the honeymoon. You go to some island or some exotic place. This is where a lot of stuff has to get done. You're going to have a kickoff meeting, maybe internal kickoff meeting, maybe uh, joint kickoff meeting, it just depends. We'll talk about kickoff meetings some other time. This is where you're hiring the people you need, you're staffing up. If it's been a long time, if the government source selection was delayed, imagine that if they didn't award when they said they were going to, you might not have the people available that you thought you did. So you're scrambling to get the right people on the job to do the work that you've won if they're, if they're not already there. This is where you may have to acquire new facilities. You hit there. Who knows? Depends on the contract. You may have to order a whole lot of materials place those orders fast because you need them in order to really get started working. But there's lots of stuff that happens. And then once all that has happened, you're really able to begin performance. And that's where we move to the next execution zone, the performance zone, which is that's where you've moved in together. That's that cohabitation thing post-wedding that we talked about. Which is a whole other set of topics. That'll be fun. So why is the honeymoon zone so important? We've already talked about this is what sets the stage for the whole rest of the relationship. And step one is? The kickoff meeting. I mean, that's, that's just the start. 
because really the honeymoon zone goes on until the contract is like transitioned is from service contract lingo, or I, I like to say it's on plane. Things are just rolling, right? Yeah. This may be three months. Um, this, this may be a couple of days. I mean, it, it may not be that big of a deal, but the goal here is to humanize the contract. Uh, we talk about like it or not, the pre-award process can be sterile and it can feel sterile and stilted because only a certain type of company. Yeah. Only what's can- written matters then, right? Now you're, exactly. now you're talking about people. And now a lot of what – granted, when your contract performance, technically speaking, only what written still matters. But let's be realistic here. What ends up being written down is a function of communications. It's a, sorry, it's a result of communication. Yeah. So this is why we, you know, we're humanizing the, the relationship, right? And first impressions, they mattered in the proposal. They mattered you – know, yes, they mattered in the, in the acquisition time zones. But they also really matter here. Because now you're, you may be meeting these people for the first time. You may be re- really relying on them. Like, what does your production line really look like? <laughs> this is where – back, about- to, back to the wedding analogy. This is where you meet the crazy uncle, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go, yeah. Right? This is where you get the, the – you've met – you're meeting the rest of the family. And it, it matters. It sets the stage for everything that comes after. Yeah, and, and the, the style of communication – really plays into this. And so we talk about a lot of uh, early planning can help. So like one day of, of communication or planning can save you 100 days later. Well, an example of that would be this is a great time to say let's all agree that if we don't agree on something, somewhere in this contract performance, we're going to pick up the phone. Let's agree that the way we communicate is not mostly via email. And by the way, I'm raising my hand because I wish I'd have said that at a couple of kickoff right. meetings. Just call me. In some cases, this is the first time the government's going to actually see what they bought. You wrote your requirements. You read all the proposals. You think you know what you've selected, but this is the first time you actually get to see it. Like when you're buying stuff, you saw the pictures of the stuff. You you, you read all the reports on how the stuff performs and all that stuff, but then you go to the actual factory and hold it and go, oh, it, this is what seven pounds of this material feels like. And then the other side of this is when it's a service contract, now you're actually meeting those people that had those key personnel resumes. Right. This is where you hope that your requirements actually described what you meant to buy, and you're not like, "Oh, it's it's blue." Ugh, <laughs> I didn't I didn't mean to get a blue one. That, that, that shade of blue, yeah. And it, <laughs> again, it happens because that and it it happens when communication isn't done as effectively during the acquisition zones. And, and I'll keep hitting the drum on that. <laughs> Let's talk about the government side. Why should the government care about the success of the honeymoon zone? If you want contract management to be easy-ish, start here. This, this, the times that I've managed the honeymoons—I didn't call it that then. <laughs> the times that I managed the honeymoon zone well were the contracts that were much easier to manage over several years. I mean, it's an ideal chance to to see the contractors as people. For them, for that matter, for them to see you as a person. It may sound a little bit snarky, but they, now they're not seeing you just as another bureaucrat. You're actually. A, your people, human being, imagine that. And if you need to emphasize something, this is the best time. Like my, my point about let's agree. We're not going to communicate mostly by email. That's emphasize that, say that upfront. Likewise, if you've got to change something, if something has changed in your industry, if as the government, if something, if your funding lines have changed, that happened to me once, actually more than once, during the kickoff meeting, we have to inform the contractor that we were expecting to have $10 million in, in funding, but now we have you know, 9.2. How does that change things over the next 12 months? Have that conversation now, not you know, via email two months from now. It, again, I, 
done yeah, that wrong. But, but document so, these things. If you need to change something, yeah. this is the time to set up negotiations to change it and document and formally change the contract. Yeah, and this is a great time to start the negotiation. Another way the government can really help the honeymoon zone is to give the winning contractor a debrief. And these are so much better than the debriefs to the folks that lost. Um, there's no lawyers in the room. Sorry, lawyers, but lawyers make things <laughs> tense, right? So this is a happy time. Everybody, you know, we've, we've talked about this. This is a celebration during the honeymoon zone. It's when everybody's optimistic, but this gives you a chance to really tell contractors, this is what we liked about your proposal. This is what we didn't like. This is how you can do better next time. This is how you can win more business. This is how you can help meet our requirements better. It's just a great time to share openly because contractors are ready to hear it. And there's none of that protest fear happening because they're not going to protest that they won. (laughs) Very true. So let me move to the industry side. Industry really enjoys the opportunity in a non-stressful way to learn how they can do better in the future. I always enjoyed those winter debriefs as a contracting officer. I enjoy them much more on the industry side because you just get more information out of it. During the honeymoon zone, this is where industry can learn what the government really wants or or what they really meant by the RFP. They read it, they wrote a proposal, they won. But all the nuances in there of what they really meant, they can come out during the honeymoon zone, if you have a proper kickoff meeting and everyone's starting to communicate, this is where the understanding of those words in the contract are, are cemented. This is where you build relationships with your government counterparts. And those relationships, they can determine how future performance is, is perceived. And what I mean by that, industry needs to understand whether this government office and whether the particularly the people involved here, whether they want blind compliance to the requirements of the contract or whether there's more of an interpretation. And of course, there's specs. There's some things that you have to meet in order to be compliance. But big picture, are you just going to deliver tick, 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 tick? Or is there a chance to say, yeah, this is, this is what we meant by it, so that's how you should interpret the spec. And it depends. It's different with every contract. It's different with different people. It's different with, with every industry. Yeah. I'm assuming. Or whether it's commercial, let me get but but your point is all that comes from communication. And this is an ideal time to have that communication. For industry, this may be a time when you're going to be hiring lots of people, which is stressful. I know I mentioned this before, but it's extra stressful if the schedule for the the source selection, if the schedule for the acquisition didn't play out as planned, if the performance was supposed to start on September first and now it's March of next year. If you had contingent offers out, none of those people may be available anymore. Even if you didn't have contingent offers out, the people that you expected to do the work are probably off doing other work by then. So this can be a stressful time. That's the communication that needs to happen. If those things have changed, industry, this is a great time to tell the government, I know our proposal said this, but our proposal was based on a slightly different time frame. Here's how we're going to make sure that we can still support you. And also say, here's why we need a little bit of help or a little bit of understanding on why this is going to be harder than you thought. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of, and all of that comes back to the communication. Yep. Piece, is that I didn't have clear understanding of, of, I knew that there was an impact of it taking longer to award contracts, but to have that conversation and, and it's, your point is not to say, Hey, we got problems, you know, no, it's, here's how we're going to fix it. It's a reality of we're on the same team now. And I, I say this under the idea of, you know, do, we had the same priority deliver this contract. Well, the communication to do that well 
starts now. And one of those big areas is what's changed. Has anything changed? And it, it, things could have changed in the, on the government side. Maybe the program manager changed. Yeah. It's a scary one. I had right, right after I awarded the contract, the person, the program manager who, who was helping me develop the, all the whole spec and all that kind of stuff over the, over the last 18 months, they left. So this new person who wasn't on the source selection, who, who is perfectly capable to manage the contract, and they, they knew the customer, but they didn't have the backstory. And imagine, if you will, <laughs> that if the contractor didn't know that <laughs> and didn't realize this person was coming in cold, their, their behavior is going to be very different. So that and it, Yeah, and I, I think it's especially that happens in the, the DOD world, in the military world, because military people tend to rotate on a regular basis. And we had a pro- program where phase one, we dealt with a set of people. Then there was actually a competition for phase two, and you win phase two, and you have to honeymoon all over again because – Everyone involved in phase two or people that don't know you at all. And it seems like the same thing, same kind of work for the same program office. You know, you're continuing what you did before, but the people that you're dealing with have no idea who you are or what you did before starting over. Overall, if I had to pick one thing that can most impact a successful honeymoon, it's a meaningful contract kickoff meeting between the government and the contractor. And meaningful varies depending on the complexity of the program, on the history between the government and the contractor on, on this program, on the history of the technology or, or the, the program itself, what's being delivered, on what's different compared to last time we did this. So is this the first time you've ever done something or is it a follow-on? That impacts what kind of kickoff you need to have. Is this a one-and-done kind of delivery or is this long-term research and development? That impacts the kind of kickoff you need to have. Have this program office and contractor worked together before or have the people all turned over like I just talked about between phase one and phase two? You may need more of a kickoff. Is this a major change in the technology involved or is it just more of the same? That that impacts it. So I don't want to get too deep into a kickoff. There's another episode for that. But if I had to pick one thing, I'd say getting that kickoff right sets the stage for everything that happens afterwards. Yeah, the kickoff meeting is worth investing the time because it's how you build this communication from both sides that's going to serve you very well long term. All right, that's a good point to wrap this up before we get too deep into kickoffs. So the big takeaway for me, it, it's you know, it's about it's about the kickoff meeting really. It's the it's the official title of the first meeting, but really it's the basis of the honeymoon zone. But the honeymoon zone it may be short or long, depending on the contract, but. The fact is you, you know when it starts and you know that you're working toward it ending because when it ends, it's time to just deliver like crazy. So understanding what's going to get you to that performance zone effectively, quickly through communication is going to serve the customer long term. Because remember, the purpose of a contract is deliver something for somebody. The more effectively you manage the honeymoon zone, the, the better result you're going to end. Yeah, for me, back to using honeymoon in actual terms of the marriage, if you don't have a successful honeymoon – if there's lots of surprises that you didn't know about the other person or <laughs> big, big fight and you end up coming home on separate planes or something like that, right? That <laughs> doesn't bode well for the future of the marriage. And it's same thing. That's exactly analogous to what we're talking about here. If you don't have proper communication, if you don't work through these issues, if you don't have a successful honeymoon on your contract, it's unlikely that you'll have successful performance. And the best way to do that is to be intentional about what you're going to do during this zone. Be, be intentional about the communication, decide what you're going to do, and be very clear on, on what are the goals of the honeymoon zone. And we've, and, we, and we've covered a few of them in this episode. For the honeymoon zone in government contracting, I think you get better at it with time. 
And I like I said, hope, hopefully that's not the same with, with marriages that you get better at them over time. Hopefully you don't have too many uh, marriages in your life. But experienced government contractors usually have a process for, for doing these kickoffs, for doing the honeymoon zone that makes it easier to get to that next phase. And it's not all intuitive. It's, it's something that may take practice, but take it seriously, plan for it. Things will go better. Your, your point's valid, Kevin. And, and if you need help with the honeymoon zone, let us know. We're here to help. <laughs> all right. Talk to you later, Kevin. See you, Paul. Okay, that's it for this episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast. For more details on the execution time zones, check out the individual episodes for each zone. As always, if you have questions, comments, or complaints, send me an email at paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us.